NHR the podcast with Junior and Pat. That is right. That is right. The top-rated NIA men's basketball podcast is back for season two. Uh, first and foremost, we'd like to thank all of our listeners uh, who helped us almost to 200 unique plays on average per show last year. Uh, we had over almost uh, or a little over 1,500 views uh, on the on the year with 16 episodes. We're or a little over uh, 16 episodes, so we're very very thankful for everybody. Um, if you paid attention to the intro, then you will know that. Uh, we actually have a new co-host this season and Pat Dirksen. Uh, Pat is a former NEI player for Holy Cross, and now uh, you can listen to him, him as he calls games for Holy Cross and Bethel on the Regional Radio Sports Network. Pat, I know uh, you joined Trev and I uh, for our NEI tournament preview show last year, but we are blessed to have you join us as a co-host for this season. Uh, so welcome, and we are glad to have you on board. Yeah, thank you. Obviously excited to be here, excited you know, to have somewhat of a normal hoop season and get things rolling. So excited to grow the game, talk all things good NAI basketball. Yeah, the season uh, is yeah. The, the season is here, and it is always an interesting time of year as we have some teams already playing conference games and others who uh, have yet to start their season. So, uh, you know, we have teams, uh, as you look across the, the Presto stats now, um, as, as everybody loves, and, and that's a joke, but everybody loves Presto. So, uh <laughs> You know, we have teams who are five and zero, and we have teams that are zero and zero, and a little bit of everything in between. So, uh, you know, while this time of year, I, I told you, you know, as I said, it's, it's a little bit of an interesting year. Um, it's hard to go gauge player stats right now, just because you know you have players or teams that have played one game and, and players that have you know went off for twenty five or thirty points in those games, um, and then you have guys that uh, you know a little bit more truer stat uh, who are four and five games in now. Um, so, you know, we won't go too much into individual stats on this episode, um, but I know that, uh, you know, with that said, Pat, I don't know if you've been watching any of these guys, but we've still had some big-time performances out of some of the players that uh, are definitely names uh, to know around the NEI because they've been been All-Americans in the past years, um, you know, National Player of the Year candidates, uh, such as Joshua Cashella, uh, Mason Walters, Kevion Blaylock, Terrence Jones, and Antoine Cushenberry, um, just among uh, our small, li- small list of names um of, of the many who have played or started off the year uh on fire right now so um you know those, those are those are all guys are all players that uh, if, if you're listening and you don't know them um they will definitely be covered uh, on our website uh in our articles as we go throughout they've already been many of them have already been covered um but is there any players you want to that you've seen out the your way that uh you want to you want to give a shout out to well, I think Gross, right off the bat from all of that, is, is a 6'10 guy who's probably going to end up being player of the year uh, in the CCAC. So he struggled mightily against Indiana Wesleyan, but came back the, nice, the next night had a nice game against Morningside. But like I said, he's a 6'10 guy. He can get it done in the inside, and he'll step out and, and knock down a three as well. But Cushingberry, I think, out of St. Francis, that's fairly local to us as well, crossroads guy that – I think he might be the best guard in the country. He is just an absolute, you know, he, he, it's hard to replace or, or it's hard to, you don't want to compare anybody to Travion Cruz, but he is the next best guard. He's the next great guard coming out of the crossroads league. So I'm excited to see him. Obviously St. Francis is loaded. They're, they're really, really balanced, but he is kind of the guy that makes them go. So I'm, I've been impressed with him. I've been impressed with, with KV on Blaylock, who I think he might be my favorite player in the country. He is just a dog. He just kind of does does it all. So um, excited to see him. But, you know, I think it's always interesting this time of year. Guys are still trying to find their way. And obviously in the NAI, you get a bunch of, of bounce backs and guys that, 
maybe are new to this level, whether you're a transfer or a freshman. So I think and Kyle Mangus is another crossroads guy who you might not ever replace, but who's that next four-year guy that I'm excited to find, you know, that, that freshman that is going to just take over the NEI for the next four years and feel, feel like he's been here for six or seven years. So who that guy will be, I'm sure we'll find out, you know, come Christmas time that they'll probably make them themselves very, very, uh, apparent but more to come on that yeah and it's funny you say that because uh we may actually have some of those players that are actually around for five or six years uh you know we uh right we had, we had a terrific group of freshman class last year and and now with covid year you know some of them are i see some of them are still listed as freshmen and some of them are are uh are now in their on the rosters as sophomores um but they have the the opportunity to play for five years in NEI, and that'll be you know it, it's something that I wasn't planning on discussing, but it's actually something that uh, you brought up that uh, makes so much, it's going to be so interesting because, you know, you have players like Kyle Mangus who have, you know, some of the top records uh, that, that you would think that would never be broke, but then now you're going to have guys that uh, have played for five, five years and you're going to have to maybe, right. you know, have a little asterisk next to some of those, and, you know, I don't want to take away from anything from anybody, but uh, um, you know, some of these, yeah. these players, like you said, that are freshmen that, uh, um, you know, to come to come to mind, you know, Alex Van Keelsbeek from uh, Northwestern, uh, a stud freshman, um, and then Miles Corey out at William Jessup out in California. You know, two kids that that really came onto the scene last year as freshmen. Um, you know, and they're, they're going to have you know four or five years, five years if they want to play, um, and they've already put up big num- numbers that uh, could uh, yeah. could have a heck of a heck of a careers uh, by the time they leave. So, yeah, and we don't have to go too far down the road, but it kind of makes sense at the NAI level to kind of give five years of eligibility automatically, just because, you know, in the D1 level, guys take summer courses. At the NAI level, you don't really get the chance to do that. You don't really get the chance to be on campus during summer and build some of those credit hours. So realistically, it kind of makes a little bit of sense to have that opportunity for guys to play five years, maybe more readily available. But no doubt. I digress. How, <laughs> yeah, first yeah, episode, yeah. We, can, we can dive into eligibility rules all we want. So. Oh yeah, we we could take a deep dive and, and be here for hours. Yeah. So, <laughs> how about how about team wise? You uh, I know uh, I know you watch a lot of basketball and you get to call a lot of games and stuff like that. And uh, um, is there any games that are any teams out that way that you've? I know they're even across the country, but I know that uh, several teams in your area are playing really really well right now. Yeah, obviously, like I said, St. Francis is really good. I think they'll they'll end up winning the Crossroads League. They're really well balanced. All of that. Of course, got beat by Wesleyan, but we'll probably end up winning um, the CCAC. And then IUSB, I think it's really kind of an interesting story, right? They played eight games total last year, you know, and they brought almost everybody back. But I'll tell you what, they're missing a key piece in Smith, who was kind of their guy. He was kind of the the, the straw that's third of the drink. But they've got, a, they've got a great guard and Dylan Allen. Obviously, they're ranked in the top 25. And then um, – and of, of course, I've got to get a shout out to my Holy Cross Saints, who who just took down Bethel for the first time in program history. They obviously had, they have a bunch of new guys coming in, nine total new guys with with some roster turnover this off season. So we'll see. I think the CCAC is going to be really, really tested. IUSB, of course, is good in that league as well. So St. Francis, I think, will be the the show to watch in the Crossroads League with with Wesley and right on their heels and Marion in there as well. And then when you look at the CCAC, you might look at all of that. You might look at IUSB. Um, and then maybe the wild card, Governor State, obviously has been good for the last couple of years. So 
excited to see how conference play plays out. Like you said in the beginning, we already had some conference games under our belt in the CCAC. So um, yeah, we're already into that, that time of year. Yeah, and we'll talk about it a little more later, but we've got more uh, more conference games and more conferences uh, that will be opening up this week. So uh, it, it is always a fun time of year, always a crazy time of year. Um, I'll, I'll back. Uh, I, I've uh, I've watched uh, St. Francis. I, I think they're. I mean, nothing against Indiana Wesleyan because I think they're good too. And, and they're gonna. You know, Dan Largie has come in and 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 really filled it up. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying that anybody's gonna ever replace uh, Kyle Mangus and what he meant to that team, but he's he's coming in at least help the scoring load um, and the shooting load. I mean, the lefty is. Uh, man, I I can't remember how many games or how many uh, threes he hit the other night when I watched, but he was on fire and. And when he gets going, he is he is very very tough guard, and, and that'll that'll be if he's hitting shots and, and doing that kind of stuff. Indiana Wesleyan will always be tough to beat. But yeah, Antoine Cushenberry from from the la- from Kansas City last year, uh, his last three games um, in the in the tournament was twenty eight, twenty two, and twenty two. And if he's doing that, St. Francis is definitely going to be tough to beat. They're, they're one of the better teams I've seen play. Um, we'll, we'll get a little bit into it uh, with our interview, but but Loyola, man, Loyola is is uh, is looking really really good. Um, and I got to give a shout out to Mac U. I know that, uh, you know, I, I mentioned them in the, in the daily dive today and, 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 uh, and I feel bad that, that my tweet was taken a little bit out of context. I, I, I meant it in a complimentary way, but, uh, uh, two top 10 teams, uh, that they've beat. I don't think anybody has, has as good of any eye wins, um, as, as they have, as they've beaten two top 10 teams in the last five days. Uh, so big shout out to Mac U. I, I know that, uh, rightfully so um we go in in another hour conversation um about them and and them being left out of the top 25 in the the preseason polls but at the end of the day that's why they're preseason polls and uh teams definitely play themselves in and out of those polls so um it's hard to take those polls uh you know very very i I know they they can rightfully take it uh, personal but at the end of the day you know they play themselves in and and you know here next week uh or uh, next not this next week but the week after when the new polls come out um, it, it'd be very shocking unless something happens uh, between now and then that they're not a top 15 team. I would think they would jump in pretty high um, into those polls. But Matthew's looking really, really good. Um, you know, there, there's a surprise team, and I got to give them a mention, and, and it's up at, up in your area again. Uh, but Cornerstone looked really, really good um, all the way through uh, their, all of it Nazarene loss uh, that they had on Saturday. But Christian Rodriguez, you know, the, the former All-American, I know the WAC, uh, Wolverine Hoosier Athletic Conference, had a bit of a, a weird schedule last year. They, you know, I, I know a lot of people had weird scheduling, but but uh, Cornerstone didn't really look like Cornerstone last to a hot start this year. Um, so big shout-out to Cornerstone. I, I, you know, I know they, they're a little bit banged up right now, um, but definitely a team that, uh, you know, can and, and, and actually we're going to talk about that a little bit later on too because the WAC starts uh, playing this week as well. But um, – you know they're they're a team that you're gonna that I don't remember where they were in the preseason whack polls, but they're gonna be uh be, have something to say uh, about that conference tournament or that uh, conference championship as well. So um, definitely uh, definitely interested in watching a little bit more of them because I I love watching Christian Rodriguez play. Yeah, <clears throat> and they were old last year, and they're still really old. And, and Rodriguez, you nailed it. it. Good teams have really good guards, right? And no offense to Seth Ma- Seth Ma- Seth. Uh, no offense to Seth Maxwell or Alex Gross up at all of that, but when you need a bucket at the end of the game, you typically don't throw it into the post and let them make a, a two dribble back to the basket move. You get the ball in the hands of your guard and you let them create and you let them make a play off of it. So, really good teams have really good guards, and, and you nailed it with Rodriguez. He's an experienced player who obviously has shown he can succeed at this level. So, 
yeah, excited to see Cornerstone. I got to see them last year against Bethel. Um, and, and yeah, they just had such a weird – I think they had had like three practices before they played Bethel. So just a weird year for them last year. Excited that for them to kind of get some normalcy this year. Yeah, no doubt. And, and it's uh, – I, I don't – you know, not to backtrack a little bit, but but you brought up Alex Gross again. And I want to talk about, you know, not only is he putting up good numbers. I know he struggled a little bit in the Indiana Wesley number or game, but he had a big weekend this weekend and, and played up against another big-time big um, and Trey Brown from Morningside. Um, and so, so just kind of fun, you know, especially for those, those old school player or old school, uh, fans that, uh, love post play, um, you know, all they <laughs> got to go up against Seth, Seth Maxwell. And then you got to go up against, uh, Trey Brown. And those are three all American big men that, uh, that we got to see battle early on in the year already, which is, which always makes it fun. So. Well, and all of that is always, they're always just pumping out big guys. It started when I played, they had a guy named Aaron Larson who was just an absolute stud who could kind of get it done on the inside, outside, was six foot seven. And then they went to Nick Reed, who was a guy that felt like he played in the CCAC again for six, seven, maybe even 10 years. He just, you know, tore teams apart. And now they roll into, you know, Alex Gross, and, and he can just – it's just the next in line of all of, all of that bigs. So um, they'll make some noise. All of that will make some noise. Uh, yeah, year. yeah, they – they lost, they lost uh, you know, a couple of pieces last year, and, and, they, and they're uh, they're finding their like I don't want to say they're finding their way because they have some big wins already too, but uh, but you know they're they're gonna they're a team that that uh, still is is working some pieces in some newer pieces or some younger pieces from last yeah. year that are, are growing up, and they're, they're a team that's gonna get better and better as the year goes on, and and uh, I definitely wouldn't want to play them at the end of the year, that's for sure. Yeah, they've got a, a kid there that's local to me, uh, Braden Flag, who is you know, like a six four, six five wing type player that, you know, will play significant minutes for them. He's just a freshman, but is one of those guys probably that's just finding his way, getting used to the college game. And I think you'll see that across the board, right? All these freshmen that are just trying to find their way, just trying to get their rhythm and then just roll it on. Yeah, and and, and that you actually see that all the way across the board. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of freshmen and, and this kind of goes to any players that are listening to the show right now. Um, you know, if, if you're a freshman and even if you're not playing or if you're playing, you know, small minutes, like freshmen usually take it a little bit. Like it's very, very hard, even no matter what level you're playing at college basketball for a freshman to jump in and play and, and have an impact right away. So, um, you know, some of these teams that maybe, maybe even playing a lot of freshmen early on, um, you, you know, it's one of those that you have to watch as the season goes on because as those freshmen gain experience and, and get comfortable and, and the, the speed of the game starts to slow down for them. Um, you know, those teams that will start playing, uh, they'll start playing a lot better basketball toward the end of the year and, and, and may get on a hot streak because of those freshmen starting to play good minutes. Right. Yeah. And it, it seems a little bit silly, but the game is eight minutes longer, right? High school games are 32 minutes. The college game is 40 minutes. And that right there is an adjustment in and of itself. And then the season is usually at least 10 games longer. So you're playing a longer season, you're playing a longer game, and it just takes some getting used to. So. Yeah, like you said, guys will find their way, especially if you're listening to this right now, you're a player. You'll find your way. You just got to settle in and, and kind of get used to the everyday grind of, of being a college basketball player. We are pleased to announce it, or pleased to have joining us uh, Coach Stacey Hollowell, from, the head coach from Loyola, New Orleans. Uh, he is joining us uh, after the Wolfpack, uh, sitting at 5-0 and with, right now with really good wins over a good Xavier team, a good Diller team, and, and obviously number six, LSU Shreveport. Um, you know, fascinating part about the Wolfpack right now, 
Um, and, and coach, you can, you can go more in depth than I can on it, but, uh, you guys are doing this all either playing on the road or, or with a makeshift, uh, kind of home schedule that you guys have, um, after your, your gym got, to, or got, uh, uh, I don't know if it was torn down or dismantled or, or just uh, what happened with your gym during Hurricane Ida, but I know that you guys are not able to play home games this year, and it's it's kind of a weird situation because last year at this time, you and I were talking about, or in, we were interviewing you, you were talking about the first half schedule. Um, a lot of your games are getting postponed because of COVID, and now you guys uh, obviously are having to do, do a, another a year of, of uh, scheduling different uh, because of, uh, co- or not because of COVID, but because of Hurricane Ida. Yeah, so <clears throat> I was um, – we evacuated to Kiln, Mississippi, famous for uh, Brett Favre being Brett Favre's hometown. We thought we were far enough to the east to to avoid the storm, and uh, we were probably on our 12th of 14 tornado warnings that day. And sitting in the pantry, I was watching a, a YouTuber – he had done a high water rescue in the, in the Lakeview area of new Orleans and, um, had moved kind of to downtown. And I saw big pieces of sheet metal flying across the road. And my wife looked at me and said, what, what's wrong with you? I said, I'm I'm worried about my job. I'm worried about, um, what our season's going to look like. If we're even going to have a season, if we're going to be able to go back to campus, there were so many questions. And the next day, one of my kids sent me video of a huge part of the roof of our gym flying off. And uh, so I could only imagine how much water we took. Uh, ended up finding out later we had 18 inches of water sitting on our gym floor. If you've ever been in our gym, oh, it's, man. Uh, it's basically the, the, the width of probably three to four full courts. Uh, and it was covered wall to wall in wood. So every piece of wood in that gym was warped, buckled. Um, and when they started tearing it out, it looked like a million toothpicks. Oh, man. And uh, so immediately kind of hit the ground running on what we might be able to do. Um, and some things came together for us through, uh, through some of our parents and through some people there in, in the Dallas area. And, uh, we ended up spending 10 days uh, working out at the Mark Cuban center and uh, some people came through for us in, in big ways, helping the team, you know, with, with meals and so forth. And um, so we kind of ended up having a training camp similar to what we did when I was overseas. I mean, it was really, it ended up being kind of a blessing in disguise, but we got back. We didn't have a gym. Um, still don't still don't have a gym there's actually now a portable court set up in there but it's so dusty and a lot of things are going to have to come together for us to be able to have home games but um we've practiced at xavier uh, in their rec center we've practiced at delgado community college uh, we've practiced uh in a couple different places on tulane's campus and uh, tulane's been gracious enough to host us a couple of games so far so um been interesting and i think had I had a different group of kids, it might not have gone the way that it's gone. This group has just been fantastic, and there's, you know, their 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 competitive spirit is amazing. Yeah, and it's, uh, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I know you guys went and played uh, 
we, we talked about being five and zero, and and uh, you know you guys already have some big wins. Obviously, um, I I think Xavier should be ranked, and and I and I know that they got left out um, of the early rankings, but I saw them enough last year, and and they return everybody, and and actually add in the Dickinson kids from Southwestern Christian. Uh, you know, so they only got better and, and deeper, um, just like you guys did. But uh, you know, you guys got a nice win uh, against Xavier. Um, got a nice win against Dillard, and obviously, then you turn around and beat uh, LSU Shreveport, uh, number six in the country. Can you just kind of talk about, um, you know, the early season uh, games, uh, the NEI games now, and we'll, we'll kind of talk about your last win uh, uh, after that. But can you talk about those three early wins uh, against the three really good NEI programs? Yeah. So. You know, the crosstown games here in New Orleans are always interesting, uh, as you can probably imagine. But uh, to get a win anytime at Xavier is is uh, is really, really special. Um, they compete so hard. They defend hard. Um, they've actually added Jalen King, too, a kid from, I think, believe, Eastern Michigan, about 6'8", yeah. 6'9", and he contests a lot at the rim. And so they've got, you know, a nice mix of athleticism, uh, scoring. Um, uh, you know, Alfred Williams does a great job with that group. So, um, you know, it's that, that one was really nice. Uh, I do think they're, they're probably a top 25 team. Um, and Dillard, I believe is, is when they get everything together, going to be a top 25 team. He's got some guys that are banged up and a couple guys with, you know, broken fingers and, 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 you know, just some nagging stuff. But, um, you know, they played Xavier yesterday. They were missing the, uh, their, uh, one of their guards is pretty good. Uh, Xavier got them, got them pretty good, but both of those teams I think are formidable in any conference uh, in the country. Uh, and then LSU Shreveport, I think everybody knows that they are, uh, a powerhouse. They've got a, a nice mix of guard play and their bigs are really tough. Uh, they got a kid, uh, Lonnie Francis that was at, uh, Vincennes and at Arkansas state. And he is a, he's a man. Yeah. Uh, so again, you know, you, you put a schedule together like that and, you hope to come out, you know, two and two. And if you're lucky, three and one and um, just feel, like I said, you know, the, the competitive spirit that, that this group has right now is something that I have not experienced uh, on this, this level. Um, so couldn't be more excited about that. And then you know, we go across town yesterday and we get an exhibition win against uh, a really talented UNO team. Yeah, yeah, you guys are sitting obviously at four and zero, five and zero. If you count, I know the game doesn't count on the records, but uh, you know it's it's a uh, it's something that is, re- you know, big for the NEI. Obviously, anytime, even though it happens every year, um, it's still a special thing when when NEI uh, kids can go off um, and go play um, a Division One and, and walk away with a win. And and I got to think that it's it's probably really really nice, especially because. Uh, you know, a lot of the kids that you have, um, you know, are Louisiana, Texas kids, and, and it's got to be feel good to, to get a, a local D1 win for, for them as well. Oh, there's there's no question about it. I mean, there was, I guess, some things said before the game that, that kind of got our guys a little bit. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah they, they, they weren't excited about that, and uh, that, that energized them, I think, and uh, – 
we executed probably a little bit better than we had in the uh, in the Xavier Dillard and and even the Shreveport game. Um, I thought our pressure was really good against UNO, and and uh, we actually had a a, a 19 0 run um, where when they finally got across half court and got to run some offense. It, it was almost kind of surprising. I, it, I don't really know how to explain it. It was like, it was weird that they were there, you know? And, um, and that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah. Well, and I, and I know, uh, I know it's sometimes hard to, to talk about your team a little bit because you're, you're trying to be humble and, and things like that. But uh, I, I think one of the, you know, just going off from, from last year's team, you know, you, I thought you had the talent to win it all last year. Um, ran out of gas a, a little bit in the tournament. Uh, you played some good teams too. I mean, I'm not definitely not uh, saying that, but uh, this year you, you guys have a lot more depth and, and that makes you even, in my opinion, makes you a lot more scary because not only do you have, you know, got, you know, all Americans like Miles Byrne and Zach uh, Reitzel, but uh, you know, now you guys got, you know, Brandon Davis playing really, really well for you. You know, you got Fava who's, uh, you know, showed off last year that he can play really well or he can shoot the ball and, and do some really good things to offset the scoring um, where, where it takes off some of that pressure from from uh, from both Reitzel and and, uh, uh, and Burns and, and allows them to kind of play a little bit more free because they have other guys that uh, are knocking down shots and scoring buckets around them. Yeah, you said it pretty well. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, last year we lost Tim Cameron, who's now at Central Methodist, and, and Tim is uh, he's a heck of a player. Um, and Zach Muller stepped in for us and ran the one the rest of the year and kind of guided us through that national tournament run. Um, and then he got hurt with about eight minutes left in the, in the Lewis Clark state game and, uh, and wasn't able to return. And then the guy that was backing him up uh, had a meniscus tear and, and kind of got us through it. We just didn't have enough. And you know, Josh Leaney uh, didn't return from Australia last year. He stayed home for COVID. Um, and so we didn't have anybody that could really stretch it uh, besides besides Fava. And um, so we added Brandon Davis, and he is so steady and calm. Um, under pressure, he is, he is really tough. Uh, you know, you add him to Fava, and then you put Jalen Galloway in there from College of Idaho, and yeah. Josh Leaney coming back, and you got a number of guys that can stretch it on the perimeter, and opens things up for guys like Muller and uh, Reitzel and Burns. Yeah. And, and uh, that, that depth will definitely, uh, definitely uh, obviously make you guys, uh, make you guys very, very competitive the rest of the year. Um, I know the SSAC is, is always uh, very, very tough. Um, you guys add a team like Talladega the, this year that only makes it tougher, but uh I know you haven't really got into conference play yet, but uh, have you got a chance to, to see any teams or do you have any words you want to talk about? I know it's one of the best conferences in America, so I figured I'd let you have a little bit of platform to talk about the, the league a little bit. I appreciate it. Um, you know, I said this last year on, on our ratings call. I thought William Carey and Middle Georgia were both worthy of consideration. I know our field got – you know, we had to shrink the field to 48, but um, – you know, we played William Carey five times last year. They beat us twice and um, played Stillman five times last year, and they beat us three times. Um, 
we were not able to play Faulkner. They were top 10 the whole year. Um, you know, obviously adding Talladega um, makes this league, you know, even, even more serious than it was, but um, you know, you never know the Dalton state, obviously, you know, within the last six, seven years, won a national championship. Martin Methodist was, you know, unbelievable coming out of this league when they were in our league. And um, it's just been tough the entire time we've been in this league. It's been really, really tough. Um, but I would say at this point, uh, you know, Loyola, Talladega, Stillman, Faulkner, William Carey all look really good. Um, and I'm sure I'm leaving somebody out there, but yeah, it's, so it, it's going it, to be a gauntlet for sure. Yeah, it's, it's always tough. Uh, you know, I know you're thinking off the top of your brain here, and I, and I don't want to give anybody locker room material for me leaving anybody out. I, I know that uh, from top to bottom, I mean, it, it, is, a, it is definitely a, a tough league. Um, and, and, you know, you got three ranked teams in it now. You probably could, have, could probably get a fourth or fifth in there, and you may see a couple of those uh, teams uh, play their way in here soon. So um, I do have to ask you one more question uh, just because I, I'm curious, and I, I know your guard play is so good anyway, but uh, you, you added a, a new assistant coach this year, and Javon Felix, uh, you know, obviously uh, was a heck of a college basketball player himself. Um, can you kind of – you want to elaborate a little bit on, on his hire and, and, and what he means to your program? Sure. So um, Javon had to end his professional career earlier than he would have liked. Um, you know, a lot of us here in the city were pulling for him. He and my uh, and my stepson are the same age. And uh, so I, I got to see Javon all through high school. And um, so when he stopped playing, uh, he's he kind of hung out at some coaching clinics. He's been involved in some AAU stuff and um, he had an opportunity to, to maybe do a GA position uh, and our, and our position came open and um, I just thought it would be good for him uh, to kind of get a full immersive experience because it, it is just he and I, you know, for the most part. Um, and, and I thought it would be good for our, our guys that have aspirations to play professionally, to have a guy that's not too far away from their age, who's been there, who can tell them, Hey, yeah, coach is right. Or no coach is crazy or he's nuts or, you know, whatever uh, he feels like is appropriate for those guys development. Um, but he's done it and he's done it recently. Um, Javon is very good at seeing things on the floor. He's very good at, um, uh, you know, recognizing tendencies and seeing uh, things on video, putting scouting reports together, and he's he's invaluable for our group. Well, Coach, I just want to thank you for coming on again this year. I know, uh, uh, you know, hopefully uh, we'll definitely see you back in Kansas City this year. But uh, um, as always, you know, you, you guys are uh, – I enjoy watching you guys play. You guys are uh, – are definitely one of the, the top teams in the country, um, not just by your rating, but but you pass the eye test as well. I've enjoyed watching you play this year and uh, looking forward to seeing what the Wolfpack does this year. Well, I appreciate you having me on. And, and I know guys keep telling you that, you know, what you're doing for the NAI is special, but I can't thank you enough for, for keeping these guys, you know, in the forefront. Coach, Coach Hollowell of uh, the New Orleans, well, Loyola, New Orleans, 
uh, Wolfpack. Uh, they are currently 4-0 on the season. Uh, they got it coming off a big Division One win, um, and, and they got three really good NEI wins. Um, they're definitely a team to watch the rest of the year. Um, they, they're going to, uh, if they can make it back to Kansas City, they're going to be a very, very tough to, team to knock out. Um, best of luck, Coach, and we will see you down the road. Thanks, man. Y'all take care. Well, Pat, it was uh, always great uh, having coach interviews. Uh, I, I know that uh, this Loyola team, you know, we've, we've mentioned it, but uh, they, they are very, very good. Um, and it's just such a unique year for them. Um, Hurricane Ida taking down their gym and, and uh, they're piecing together a, a schedule again. Um, they, so far, they've, they've uh, been able to maneuver through it, uh, going 4-0 um, on their official record. Five and zero. If you do count that Division One uh, win that they had uh, on Saturday, um, but definitely a team um, in a very very tough uh, Southern States Athletic Conference. Um, that a team that uh, uh, should be able to, uh, if they can maneuver their way through the conference and, and, and into the the national tournament, um, definitely a team you should be able to see in Kansas City. Um, you know, matchups definitely play into that. So I don't want to I don't want to put any pressure on them to say they're guaranteed to make Kansas City or anything like that because we've seen yeah. seen it even last year uh, in the first year of the tournament. Uh, upsets can happen, but uh, definitely a loyal team that looks like they're locked and loaded and ready to uh, make some noise again this year. Right, and, and they don't want to jinx it, but man, do they have Team of Destiny vibes. I mean, come on, like how can I, you can't write a better movie than that. You can, the script is writing itself, so yeah, yeah, hopefully they make it there. Hopefully they make a run. I mean, that would just be absolutely magical, so Credits coach. I mean, I think he nailed it. Like the toughness. What you learn a lot about your team, you know, in the first few weeks of the season. You learn even more when you're displaced because of a hurricane. So credits to them just staying focused. They're obviously off to a, a screaming hot start. So hopefully they can just keep the momentum off this big win against New Orleans. Um I think they've got one more game before they roll into conference play. So Yeah, yep, and there we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it, conference season is yeah, we talked about a couple of leagues have already started. Uh, we, we got more conference games this week uh, coming up. With uh, The Appalachian Athletic Conference continues the conference play. We get Chicagoland. Uh, we're going to get some Wolverine-Hoosier uh, Athletic Conference uh, games. Then we, we also are going to get some Sun Conference games uh, as we continue to roll through the season. Uh, you know, some of these big leagues uh, that, that play a lot of conference games are are already turning that corner into, into conference play. And, um, it, it, you know, I don't want to say games matter more in conference, but they, they're definitely a lot tougher. And, and then they, you know, you definitely, uh, as much as I love the non-conference games and, and the big time matchups between, you know, good teams from different leagues, uh, uh, you're never safe on any night in, in any conference. So that, that always makes it more fun for, for the viewers to, to watch games because, you know, sometimes you'll see the, the worst place team in a league knock off the best, uh, best team just because of, you know, different matchups and they know each other and, and things like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You just never know. I, I will tell you, I meant to say this earlier. We'll talk on the Crossroads League. I'll, I'll give you one team to look out for in the Crossroads League. And it might not happen this year, but look out next year. It's Huntington. I think Huntington is in the middle of building something that, that's pretty special. They've got a second year coach, Corey Alford, who's the son of Steve Alford. They just brought in a bunch of new guys. They got a bunch of young guys. And I'm looking forward to watching them this year and really next year to see what kind of steps they can take. So that's one team I think might play spoiler this year in the crossroads. I also think you'll see a team like Lincoln in the CCAC maybe play a little spoiler uh, this year. They, they've gotten off to a pretty slow start, but I think they've got enough guys um, to kind of make some things happen in conference play. So yeah, we'll see. Cool. Like you said, conference play always just kind of – you just never know. My freshman year, 
When I was at Holy Cross, we won four games, four total games. We were four and 26. One of those wins was against Judson, who was number one in the league. So you, you truly just never know. Anything can happen on any given night. No doubt. No doubt. And that's what uh, always makes it fun. And uh, speaking of fun games coming up this week, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you a couple that I'm, I'm interested in. Uh, one, uh, Both of mine are actually non-conference games, even though there's some big-time conference games coming up. Uh, but on, on the 11th, uh, Science and Arts is going to – of Oklahoma uh, gets traveled to, to Texas A&M, Texarkana. And, uh, you know, Ryan Wall at Texarkana – um, you, you know, he, he had a really good, really good uh, few seasons at Our Lady of the Lake, uh, won the Red River a few years uh, or a couple years there. And then, uh, you know, I believe he's in his second year, maybe third year at Texarkana right now. And uh, they're, uh, you, you know, they cracked the top 25 uh, last year um, a little bit. And the Red River only finished the, the year with four teams. And, and, you know, unfortunately, all three that made the national tournament uh, uh, lost uh, in their well, two of them had to play in the opening round game, and they lost that. And then, and then LSU Shreveport uh, got a bye in the first round, and they ended up losing a, a very good Jamestown team. Uh, so they were zero three in the national tournament last year. But um, I, I'm just interested in this game just because of, of uh, you know, it, it's the the sack versus the Red River, and, and two teams that uh, you know have have championship hopes in their own league, and and uh, both teams that uh, you know Science and Arts is, is currently ranked, and you're gonna you know Texas or Texas Arcana is a team that. Um, is a fringe top 25 team and uh, will be looking to play their way in and they get a home game uh, against a very good science and arts team. So I'm interested in that one um, and a couple other games that I'm interested in, but, but I'm going to end you with a, a big rivalry game and you always love rivalry games and, in, in uh, the NEI. And I don't know if it's the biggest rivalry, but it is one of the longest ones. Uh, Jamestown and Va- Valley city state um, are going to match up on the 13th. Um, it's always, always a great game. Uh, always fun and, and and also on the 13th and i'm gonna this one has to happen you know you expect both teams to win but it's a little bit the bebo francis classic uh, always a great tournament at, at rio grand um but we get a potential number one versus number two game uh if st francis can beat rochester and i forget who shawnee state or shawnee state probably plays rio uh, but if they can if they can both win uh on friday on a, then on saturday they would we would get a number one shawnee state versus number two st francis um, and so, no offense to, to Rochester and Rio, but uh, if we could get that matchup, that, w- that would be a really, really <laughs> fun one. Um, so, I did want to throw that out there that they do have to win first. Um, but if they do match up, if they do both win on Friday, I believe, then on Saturday, uh, they would we would get a number our first number one versus number two matchup of the year. Yeah, you would obviously, you know, just love to see that. So, um, you know, you mentioned kind of league versus league. Wouldn't it be awesome if? You know, NCAA D1 has Big Ten versus ACC Challenge. I think it'd be great to have something organized like that where it makes a whole lot of sense up here to have a CCAC versus Crossroads League Challenge and just kind of pair these teams up against each other and have kind of something set in stone. They obviously keep a a winning and a losing record at the end of it. So I I think that would be great just to kind of mix up games, see, you know, a few different opponents. I don't know what you think about that, but. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we get we get a small taste of it with the classics. You know, you get a lot of you get a lot of right. conference conference classics, but the, I think you're right. Like all the way down the board, where the the number one from you know last year plays the number one from this year, or from you know number one in each conference. I'm sorry, yeah. from last year plays each other this year, and and all the way you know all the way down the board, all the way through the last uh, place team. You know, and if if it's a it's unbalanced, uh, 
league where there's eight teams and ten teams or whatever, then then you make it work. But uh, yeah, that would be that would be awesome to to have a couple of those around the NEI. Right. Yeah. But I'll give you a couple of games on my radar. My man KVM Blaylock is making his way to South Bend, Indiana. He's going to play IUSB. So we'll learn a lot. William and Penn is going to play IUSB on the 12th. We'll, we'll learn a lot about IUSB and, and who they are as a team. And credit to them. I mean, William Penn is, is a tough game. that They've kind of loaded the front end of their schedule. So I think IUSB um, is a good team. They're obviously an old team. We'll figure out if they're going to be, you know, a contender in the CCAC pretty quickly um, here. They play Holy Cross on the 9th and then William and Penn on the 12th. And then William and Penn stays in town and plays Bethel. So Bethel, of course, you know, they're still trying to figure out. They have some new guys. They lost Cruz. Ertz, I think, is stepping up big time for them. Um, so we'll see what William and Penn can do um, against two really good teams in IUSB and Bethel. Yeah, that's that's a nice little classic there for sure. Um, I, I will. I do want to mention another one because it's a conference game and, and it's on the tenth. Um, we we get uh, this one. You know, I believe this is the first conference game of the of the year. I don't think there's another one uh, earlier on the week, but on the tenth, uh, we we're going to get Indiana Tech corner at Cornerstone. Um, I know Cornerstone's a little bit banged up right now, uh, but certainly two teams that that can go out and, and win the whack this year. Um, and we get them head to head in game one. Uh, of conference play and and uh I, I love the trio at indiana tech i mean you're a big man you 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 uh respect big men and, and they got three of them uh led by rock stein that that are all rock stein that are all uh, uh impact players and then uh cornerstone you know even though they're banged up they still got christian rodriguez and they're at home and uh that should be a fun one as well yeah and you know these early season tests are just you don't want to especially non-league games they're obviously mean a lot but like at the end of the day, like you said earlier, the league games just mean more. They mean more for standings. They mean more, you know, in January. They mean more in February. So this is a, a good way for these teams to learn a lot about themselves, to figure out who they can be, who they want to be um, as they as they move into conference play. So it's great to have conference games early. It's, it's great to, you know, get the competitive juices flowing early. So excited to see that. I know the CCAC is quickly behind them as they start their league play soon as well. Yeah, and it's uh, a few of those teams already started. Uh, I, I know they didn't have a full conference slate, but I know that on Saturday uh, uh, they did have, I think, three or four games, uh, uh, matchups uh, that were already conference play. But, uh, yeah, it, it is a it is a fun – I mean, it's always a fun time of year. I guess I I probably beat a dead horse by saying that all the time. But, but for me, it is always fun because I, I feel like there's always good matchups almost every night that you can watch. And, uh, um, you know, even, even sometimes uh, when there's not – you know, a top 25 matchup, you know, I find myself watching, you know, teams that maybe I haven't seen much of or, or, or don't know much about, uh, um, you know, so I, I watch a lot of, a lot of games, uh, you know, especially on Sundays uh, t- today, you know, there, there were a lot of games that uh, they were being played yeah. that, you know, I, I just, I don't get to watch them very much during the year because at different times or, or, or whatever it may be, the case may be order there, they're, you know, maybe I, I usually have two or three screens going at a time, but, but, you know, maybe <laughs> there's two or three good games going on and, and right. I end up watching those over them, so I, I like I like doing that. And then I also have synergy that uh, I, I'm I'm fortunate enough to have uh, a hookup that got me uh, hooked up with synergy still, and uh, I go back and watch a lot of the games. Um, and, and it's a uh, you know just fun to watch those games and, and see different teams, and then go back and watch uh, ones that I've missed or players you know that I saw had a big time performance, and, and watching some of those. But uh, um, you know it's a 
you know, just to wrap up the show here, you know, and, and this is a shameless plug probably, but if you really want to watch games, you know, we post uh, the articles with the links every uh, night or every day. We, we actually post them usually before between 1 and 2 p.m. Um, and, and most games start, you know, about 5 o'clock Central Time. So it really, really would, you know, even if you, you have teams you follow, go out and watch some other teams. I mean, that's one the one thing I would challenge you to do. And um, or, or even if you want to just know more about any basketball, um, we always give you a couple games of the week uh, to to uh, look at our games of the day. Sorry, games of the day to uh, to uh, to view on those articles and and just start there and, and build yourself out. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's such a great level. I mean, you played it and I've coached at it, and it's just one of those things that you know I have a lot so much respect and and genuine love for the, for this level of play. Um, you know, just the coverage is being is it, so much better now than it was when we started this three years ago and. Um, just love this level of play and, and hope it continues. So, well, yeah, and the coverage has been great. The advancement has has been great, but that that all comes with, you know, it doesn't happen without the talent being great. You know, it's like NAI is now being recognized as as a, you know, I hate to say this, but real level of basketball. You got guys that are coming from D ones to go to NAIs. You got NAIs that are going to beat D one schools. Like this, this is very real, very competitive. It, level of basketball and not taking any way anything away from d2 or d3 schools but when i was at holy cross we went to a d2 and we beat them so it's good that nai is getting the respect it's deserve it deserves yeah no doubt that's what that's well said and and uh well pat i i know that uh, we've been on here for an hour so we probably should get people off uh and then hopefully they're still listening to us <laughs> but you survived, survived episode one with us. Uh, again, I can't uh, express my gratitude that you're uh, joining us for the season. You bring such a, not just in your area, but just the, your knowledge of the game and, and your, your deep analysis and, and your history uh, knowledge of, of NEI basketball. You, you bring a different level for us, and, and we're excited to have you on. And uh, that's why we're closing up, uh, closing up episode one. I'm, I'm already excited for episode two. Yeah, excited to be here. So thankful for the opportunity just to, to grow this level of basketball. And yeah, can't wait for, for episode number two and to, and to get into league play and keep the season rolling. Well, until next time, uh, this is Junior and Pat. We are signing off.